Thanks for joining us here at WagerAger. D-Nice, the quad pod is back in time for week six. It's overwhelming right now. I'm just looking. I've got myself. I try not to look at myself too much, I'm ugly, but I've got you guys out there. JJ, welcome back. First time on the pod since late I'm August. off the IL. You're off the, yeah, you are off the IL. You're out IR, of witness whatever. protection, as you were saying, right? Yep. <laughs> I, I have dis- no voice. It's called the disabled list, all right? It's always okay. been the disabled yeah, list. Yeah, right. <laughs> It'll always it be the 15-day right? DL, yeah. and now you've okay. got IL, and you've got all kinds of things in football. It's, yep. it's just not the same. It used to be off called injured week. reserve in the NFL, right? You're done. Yeah, and then that's it. Now it's like, okay, so you're on the IR. It's like, okay, and you might play I, next yeah, week at this website. point. Like, yeah, okay. Thanks, right, guys. I didn't notice that, how they were changing it, but, I mean, it, it is good. I like it. I like the flexibility because a guy that gets hurt, you know, for a month or something, it is nice to be able to fill that spot. It is flexible. Tasty, how do you like the flexibility? I haven't had flexibility <laughs> for, like, 15 years, so I don't even yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I have issues, too. I, I'm – Almost. I don't stretch now. enough, man. That's what it comes down to. I got to stretch more. <laughs> yeah, stretch for you go to bed. Yeah, yeah I really need to. It's true. Big stretching's big, and this podcast has gone off the rails. <laughs> so we've got Welcome Yanni back, in the bottom right. So what's going on, Yanni? It's week six. I'll I'll keep it football related. Ready for the weekend. <laughs> Just keep it football related. It's Wednesday night, and we're already ready for the weekend. Hat off Monday. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. It needs to be the weekend. <laughs> I'm half paying attention to this podcast because the Phillies somehow are undefeated in the playoffs, and they're in game four tonight. So you guys will have to help me out. Good news is that we have four of us. How we've started it in previous weeks is just high level talk about, you know, how things are going. I think that we'll keep it dumbed down to like a minute or less. JJ, we'll start with you. It doesn't even need Jesus. to be about week five. Just the first thing that comes to mind when you think 2022 season, first five to six weeks. I'm putting you on the spot. Welcome back. The my, first, my first take of the first month here is who the hell can we trust with our bets anymore? What's going on yes. with that? Yes. Yeah. That is probably my say, first take also. Yeah, I feel like some of the some of the teams that we we or myself expected to be a little more consistent have been more inconsistent. I'd say and that kind of relate relates to you know market pricing and kind of being all over the place. So that's what's making it a little difficult for some of the teams for me. But you know, I'm always one to just kind of lay off of certain teams for a while until I get a feel for them if I ever do. That is what we're learning. Yanni, I think we've learned that we can't trust certain teams. We've gotten toasted, not toasted, probably sub 500 on teasers so far, which I know that everybody is complaining about. I finally hit one on the back end with the Chiefs on Monday night, but that wasn't easy either. It's like, who can we trust? I think I can still trust the Chiefs, but there is a laundry list of teams now that are on my shit list and do not bet list for just in general, but also teasers. It's Broncos. It's the Rams. It might even be the Browns and the Chargers at this point. Yanni, it's been hard to get teasers home. Never struggled this much with the teasers and still, as we've talked about, not sure exactly why. I think it goes to a little bit of what JJ mentioned there, which is who do you trust on these? You used to be able to look at, for example, the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. That was an automatic tease if they were in that six to eight range for sure. Um, And, you know, those aren't getting home. And you start looking and saying, who do you trust on those? I mean, even the Chiefs, I know we pushed and and you may have cashed on that Chiefs um, teaser from last week, but even the Chiefs, a home game against the Raiders at Arrowhead, they should have been able to cash that game on a teaser. So you start looking at that and saying, what has changed? Is it the book? Is it the teams? Is it the process we're using? I don't think it's the process that we're using. So I think you got to start looking at the teams and the books and saying, that's what's really changed. That's what's really changed. And it's just kind of one of those things that it's hard to get them home. And and we're trying to put together a list of teams and tasty. I think that the list of teams that I can trust are the upper echelon teams, maybe some teams that have been decent at home. And I'm not even going to say historically decent at home because I can't even put the Seahawks in that category, which could be part of a teaser angle this week, even though it's a high total, but there are very few teams not named bills, chiefs, Eagles, Maybe the Ravens in certain spots. Tasty still struggling with the teasers, also, I imagine. 
Yeah, I mean, I was thankful to have a book this last week that still gave me some profit, even though the Chiefs minus one pushed as the third leg of a teaser. So I got, you know, like minus 200 out of that or something. But yeah, the teasers haven't been. I think I think my teasers are around 500 this year, like in the 500 neighborhood. So doing okay, but definitely not crushing it. Definitely not crushing it, but we've been good overall. We've had some solid picks on this show, on your show as well. It's the ebb and flow. It's the grind of the NFL season. So we will get to week six games in just a bit. Before we get to week six games, I think we should do a quick WTF segment. JJ, it's your first time on this one. We've been trying to keep it to related to the week prior what? in terms of like what's made you say what the fuck. But well, it could be anything. Get, why don't you let me go last? Because I, I don't know. Okay. Like, I'll go last. You'll like, go last. And then I'll go last also because I have nothing good to say. Tasty, we'll start what the fuck with you. Oh, you can start with me. I'm we ready. can definitely start with you. <laughs> let, let's it do it. Fire away. Fire. I mean, I, I tweeted this, but my what the fuck is what the fuck is up with analytics, bros? Um, <laughs> this, this last week, all this two point conversion shit, which is one of the things that's messing with teasers and lines. And I'm not anti analytics. Like I think it's some pie in the sky thing that doesn't make any difference, but I feel like after every game and every decision, you've got people jumping on Twitter or jumping on podcasts second. I mean, even podcasts I really like where they're second guessing every single decision and it still doesn't matter which side a coach takes, they still second guess it the next week. And it's the same shit that's been going on since the NFL started where we all want a Monday morning quarterback, everything and question things. And now we're just using analytics as the cover for why we still want to question every decision a coach makes unless it goes well. And then we say, Oh, see analytics, it worked. Turns out that hindsight's 2020, 20, right? <laughs> yeah, it turns out that it's way. No like, okay. what you're basing it on. Sometimes the choices are tough. Sometimes it's like a 53-47. And when you're in the heat of the moment, you don't always need to know right away what that 53% is. It's like, sometimes it's like, okay, I could go for two here, or I could just kick the field goal, but I'm going to do this. And it might be a split. The things that are like egregious is what we see with like, Rookie head coaches are just like, oh, my God, like Hackett, who's just, you know, a deer in the headlights. But it turns out that hindsight's twenty twenty. Very good one. Very good one. Yanni, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm going to kind of piggyback that because my initial one is it was going to be coaching in general. And Brandon Staley obviously sticks out to me from last week with his decision there now. They were fortunate to overcome that. They should have lost that game. But, you know, to me, I'm watching that and, and it's on Red Zone. Actually, I didn't watch it live, but I'm watching it on Red Zone and I'm seeing this and saying, what is this guy doing? And, you know, again, he lucked out. But, you know, that that's kind of my that. But I'll give you another one, too. And I don't know. JJ said I might steal his. So, JJ, I'm sorry if I do. But it goes back to coaching again. I mean, we're seeing you're almost seeing when we start talking about the teams that you can trust, you're almost seeing that at the coaching level as well. And you're seeing guys mm, like Andy Reid yes. that you can trust. And, and, you know, some of these guys that are a little more seasoned experienced guys versus some of these younger guys and JJ, if I'm still in this, I apologize, but you know, Zach Taylor is a guy that, that, yeah. you know, we mentioned and you watch what he's doing out there and he's truly a liability for his team, the play calling that just, it, it's, it, it's almost like, these guys are out there and to Tasty's point, we all like to play Monday morning quarterback and it's fun and it's easy to do when you're not sitting in that seat. But when 98% of football America can watch and say a team should do this or shouldn't do that. And the head coach does something else. I don't care that they are paid to do that. At some point you got to look and say, they're not doing their job very well. So that's my other WTF is I, I'd like, I don't know what some of these coaches are doing at this point. I don't get it either. And JJ, I don't want to talk too much or bash too much okay. more on Zach Taylor. Is that what you were going to to talk about also? Go for it, man. No, 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 you're good. No, no, no. Um, no it, it's, um, it's just mind-numbing. It's like, okay, you have a coach that was in the Super Bowl last year. Was it any fault of his own? Like, I guess he made some good play calls. It, it's not that he held them back that much. But when you have a situation like this and it doesn't occur all too often, a coach that was in the playoffs and they just look that bad the very next year, it's like, at what point 
is management saying, okay, if this doesn't get right this year, at what point is a guy like that on the hot seat? Like he'll coach his whole year, I'm sure. But say that they go nine and eight and they miss the playoffs and there's a guy out there available and who knows what happens. It could be Sean Payton's available. He'll probably go to Dallas, but maybe not because they'll probably keep McCarthy. It's like, just like if there's a guy out there, at what point do you just say, uh, we don't need Zach Taylor here anymore, JJ? <laughs> I, I'm with both you guys, actually, now that you both went off, well, Tasty and Yanni. The analytics thing, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all about numbers. I I mean, baseball is my what I, you know, lived a handicap for, and it's a lot of it is numbers based. But I I just you see a lot of like percentages, percentage success of this and all that, and it's like from this very large whatever, you know, set of numbers. And we're like, how do you compare? Uh, you know, like a 49 when the 49ers line was fully loaded. You know, like a situation involves a third and one with a with a supreme offensive line and not just some random, you know, uh, Houston Texans offensive line when, you know, per probability of doing something. And it's just like it's too dumbed down. So, like, why even really do it? You know what I'm saying? And the other thing is I'm all in on Zach Taylor. My gosh, Yanni and I were messaging during that game when we had the team total over. Fortunately, Dude. we kind of backdoored the spread. But – like Downer was gifted. I shouldn't say gifted, but was given that, you know, pass interference got him down to the two, the four yard line. And it's like, why are we calling plays where there's probably a coin flip chance that you're going to lose 15 yards. And it's just like, just go at them. I don't get it. You know, you got a guy who has a lot of talent on the field, regardless of how the offensive line, you know, possibly hasn't fully gelled yet. I get it. I mean, they showed some errors, but why are we doing trickeration type stuff when you have, legitimate receivers legitimate tight end a running back i mean i'll just push it forward anyways i'm done ranting it's just nuts and you walk away with nothing you walk away with nothing it's probably a good segue because there's four games that we'll talk about this week and i kind of think that we should just touch on the saints and the Bengals here and just continue on and talk about Cincy, who's favored by one and a half to recording this on Wednesday evening around 8.30 Eastern. We'll see what happens with that line over under 43. But JJ, to your point, it's like you've got, I mean, you could argue the best wide receiver core of all 32 teams in the NFL. You're doing this trickeration and trickery. I'm not sure what the right word is. I'd rather just, uh, anyways, you're right, because you I don't, I don't know. I don't Monday morning quarterback and I really don't listen to like, you know, talk radio type of thing. I mean, there was a point in time way back in the day when I did, you know, or, or you know, sports radio. So I don't really, I'm kind of insulated from a lot of the, you know, whining and crying and stuff like that. But um, you know, you see it on Twitter and stuff like that and you're getting into all these like stuff. And I hate, I also hate here. I'm old guy right now. I'm losing my voice and I'm bitching and moaning about like <laughs> the whole right side, wrong side debate between people. And it's like, it's clearly whoever is, is saying it, it's the right side, you know, like it's, I don't know. I Anyways, love having but, JJ back on the pod to just let it vent, to just let it fucking rip right now. It's like all these people doing this and doing that and this horse shit. Tasty, Saints and Bengals, do you have anything on this game? It's a one and a half point spread over under 43. I actually was dumb and I bet the over, what was it, Sunday? I had off on Monday, so I had a couple beers and I think I got the over at 45 and a half. And you know what? That was thinking that we would see something from Cincy finally on Sunday night. Had some extra time to prepare. The Ravens have been giving up points pretty much the entire year. And guess what? They didn't do it. I can't do anything with this game except watch uh, the CLV go in the other direction. Opposite is CLV, Tasty. Do you have anything on this game? Well, first of all, in my experience, when you have negative CLV, you tend to win the bet. Probably so that win. well for you. Yeah, I'm probably going to um, win now, actually. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But in addition, th this game is a tough one for me, man. I actually spent some time diving into this, trying to find an edge, looking at line play. I mean, I don't want to overplay it, but I was trying to look through like where, where are the edges in this thing? Yeah. And we're going to run into this with a, a lot of teams and it kind of goes to the stuff that we talked about at the beginning, but I don't know for sure what to do with either of these teams. I mean, the saints have looked so bad at times um, but then got their, I mean, and granted it was Seattle, but they got their offense going last week. looked like they used Taysom Hill. I thought they used Taysom Hill in better spots. 
and kind of picked those spots well last week. And the the synergy between he and Dalton was kind of positive in how they ran the offense. So that looks good. I keep waiting for the Bengals to explode at some point. I probably said this every week, but it's so hard for me to look at an offense with that much talent and not think that they're due to score 30 plus points. And the Saints defense is meh. So yeah, I want to really like the Bengals here, to be honest, but I have to admit it's more because of my bias toward their upside. I don't really know what to do with it with how they've performed to this point. Totally agree. Couldn't have said it any better. The reason why I bet them, what week was it? Week three, it was like kitchen sink game, as they call it, because they couldn't go 0-3 and they beat the Jets. I bet them there. And I took them on the team total here. Yanni. Cincinnati Bengals, 4.8 yards per game, tied for dead last in the NFL right now. That's bad. Yeah, amazing the two teams in the Super Bowl are, are you know, trailing at the rear. They're bringing up the rear. So 4.8, yeah. I think we're right. We're talking about potential expectation of what the Bengals' offense should be. We can try to dissect it and say, okay, is play calling and scheme part of it? Yeah, I think that's part of it. We can say the offensive line has not performed very well. I think that's a part of it. Um, I do think at some point they get this thing figured out a little bit better here. Whether or not it'll be this week, I don't know. Now, I will say I did bet the Bengals team total over again. Bet it last week, obviously did not come through, but I'm giving it another crack this week. I just think that this, this offense is too good to not eclipse marks like 21 and a half, 22 and a half points. I know this is a road game, but this Saints defense is not the type that we've seen the last couple of nope. years. They're True. not getting pressure with their front four. Um, they're, they're not as good at stopping the run as they've been. And to me, the big thing is Marshawn Lattimore looks very iffy and actually looks, it sounds like he's probably doubtful to go this weekend. If he's not in the back secondary, that totally changes what they run defensively. He can't lock a guy up man to man. They have to basically go zone. They have to switch some things around. Those Bengals wideouts are too good for the rest of that Saints defense. So I'm looking at the Bengals scoring some points here. The question that I have in this game is, will the Saints be able to do the same? You have to wait for the injury report. Right now, you've got Michael Thomas, you got Chris Olave, you got Jarvis Landry, all three banged up. If those guys are a go, I think the Saints put some points up. If, that's, if those guys aren't a go, the Saints could struggle a little bit. So I think we have to wait on the injury report on New Orleans side. Um, I lean towards the Bengals. And like I said, I've got the Bengals team total. I think that that's just too low of a number. I'm going to give it another try and hope that it evens out after last week. Very good. What was the team total again that you got at what number? So DraftKings had it at 22 and a half, but I had mentioned on Tasty Spot actually that um, last week they were 22 and a half on DraftKings. Bovada had them at 21 and a half. So okay. I think you can get it either. To be honest, I mean, if it's less than 23, it doesn't often fall on 22. So to be honest, I'm not too worried about that. If it's 21 and a half or 22 and a half, I'm okay. 23 is the magic number. And I recall calling or talking about that last week, 22 and a half. They didn't get to any of those magic numbers in the twenties, but I think that it's about time that they get there. They have uh, a loaded core in terms of the wide receiver room. We've talked about that time and time again. I probably got lucky betting on the saints last week. Not going to say that I got lucky with the over because that thing soared over, but with all the injuries and you had a lot of it going out, probably got a little bit lucky. But you know what? Sometimes the handicap was was on there because I was fading the Seahawks D and the Saints got there. I think that both of these offenses could get it together, and that's why I was attracted to that 45 and a half. But you know what? When Cincy puts up a stink bomb on Sunday Night Football, that makes the total go down further. So we'll see. I do like the team total over. Maybe I'll play it on top of the game over as well. I don't think I have any more um, stats or anything else to talk about there, but that 4.8 yards per play for Cincinnati being tied for last with the Rams is, is something else right now, guys. The the two Super Bowl teams extended hangover, if you will. Hey, one one real quick nugget before yeah, you move to the next game, D. Um, I did see, and, and I'm not a huge trends guy, but I did see Joe Burrow off of a loss is 11 and two against the spread. So mm. you've got some history saying when they lose a game, he's, you know, they're playing better the next week. So I, I think you got to at least, you got to at least look at that. You do. That's a really good stat. And they're in a dome. I don't know if it's the first time this season, but they're on a fast track. This, this could be a good spot. This should be, if not Zach Taylor, he, he's not going to get fired in week seven, but it's like, okay, 
maybe Cincinnati starts to look another direction in week seven, just prepping for yeah. the hiring in March. So, okay, let's move on to a game, actually a team tasty that I did not think a few weeks ago. And I think we either called them out or the jets saying that, I don't know if they're ever going to crack our top four in terms of games talked about, but Ravens and giants, here we are with the giants four and one record. They're actually right on the heels of the Eagles at four and one. And the Eagles are undefeated at five and oh Cowboys at four and one tie the over under on this game, 44 and a half. Actually there's more 45s and 44 and a half right now. Spread varies five and a half to six. This was moving around. I think this opens in that five and a half range. I could have sworn I heard someone talking about four and a half at some point on Tuesday. Perhaps the limits opened up on Wednesday and we see some more cash hitting the Ravens here. I personally haven't done anything with this game. There's going to be people that go in and take teasers and <laughs> a teaser with a, a road team against a four and one Giants team. I could see it tasty. Are you doing anything teaser, non-teaser here? So I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I like the Ravens here. Uh, I want to talk about two things, one on the Ravens side and one on the Giants. So for the Ravens, I continue like going in every week and, you know, I've been doing some of this future stuff. I understand that the Ravens defense has been subpar by Ravens standards so far. But Lamar, Lamar Jackson's been playing really well, and they're only getting healthier. So we got to continue to watch the injuries, I think, because they get slammed by those a lot of the time. But I think this is actually a really good team. And you kind of spoke to it earlier when you said, who are the teams we can trust? And you said Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, and then you said maybe the Ravens. And that's kind of how I feel about it, too. I'm not they're not in that same tier with me, but I do think this is a team that has a lot of explosive ability. And I still think the giants are frauds to some extent. So, so in my mind, this is one of the upper echelon NFL teams going against a middle to below middle NFL team. And so I think less than a touchdown is good here. I do want to say the one thing that gives me pause and, and somebody talked about this earlier on this pod too, we're hitting all the, all the things I've been thinking about. Brian Dayball has been kicking ass. I think, man, like that guy is coaching his ass off potential coach of the year. Yeah. On well, he's the leader for coach of the year right now. That was one of the things I looked at uh, for the futures plus 600. And to this point in the season, absolutely. Nobody is doing more with less than Brian Dayball is. And so like Yanni talked about the importance of a coach. It makes me a little bit nervous to bet, you know, four, four and a half, five and a half, whatever we have to go to points uh, at in New York with Brian Dayball as the coach. That's the thing that honestly scares me the most with taking the Ravens here, but I, I do definitely lean the Ravens way though. I'm with you. We're at the point in the season. I'm trying to relate to seasons past where you have a four and one team or it could be like week eight. You have a team that's like six and two and you're not entirely sold on them yet, but you're trying to figure out. It's like, okay, is this where I should sell high on them and fade them? Or is there something that I'm missing and something could be coach? something could be you're not valuing the defense that well, or it's just like a lot of people out there are saying this team is the worst form one team I've seen. It's like, okay, maybe you got to check the metrics. And I'm trying to relate here, JJ, in terms of a team Arizona. that I've Arizona is one that comes to mind. The lions. Do you remember that one year where they started like five and oh, five and one with uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Schwartz. Um, Schwartz yeah. that they oh, had yeah, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. really yeah. good start yeah. and I think they barely made the playoffs and I was like it just I'm not buying it are you buying into the Giants at all right now or is it kind of just just wait a little bit longer and see hard question I know <laughs> it dimes for MVP right dimes MVP right now sold yeah. out to get the dub last week somehow he only has three touchdown passes so far on the <laughs> he just he makes it happen he don't makes it happen i'm not sure he what that's worth right yeah no i don't know i'm on the fence I, i've been skeptical but i don't know that was a pretty big win to be honest huge win and yanni that's why i avoid london games and i have a rule a loose rule obviously not to bet on <laughs> london games I, I i faded the giants not on the spread. I said the Packers should be able to get this home. I know that they have a vanilla offense. We're not talking about the Packers here this week, but I think that they could get it home. They didn't. And now at like 10 o'clock in the morning, I was forced to say, 
okay, one, probably had one too many drinks watching the Phillies and their playoff win <laughs> last night. But two, I don't like starting Sunday with a losing bet, especially when it's to the Giants, probably the team that I hate the most, actually, um, as an Eagles fan. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting here saying, Dable's good. Maybe there's something that I'm missing with this Giants team. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I actually do have thoughts on this game. And it, I'll start by saying this. I got to give Got to give the kudos to the Giants, Brian Dable in particular there, getting that team competitive, playing good football. Um, Daniel Jones, you mentioned the numbers aren't great, but when you look, he actually has graded out pretty well, comparatively speaking, across the league. Yeah. Now, am I sold on him being any kind of top-tier quarterback? No, I still think he's, uh, you know, to use Tasty's term, middle to bottom of the tier type quarterback there. Um, when I look at this team, there's a couple things I see. Their offensive line is much improved from last season. That that sticks out to me. And I think we're seeing that with Saquon Barkley, obviously being a dominant force, but also with some of that improved play with Daniel Jones. And then you look at this defense, and that to me is really where I missed in the preseason. I did not think this was going to be a good defense, and they've played really well defensively. But with that being said, you start looking and saying, okay, they're four and one and, and that, and you say, wow, they, they went and they upset Green Bay and, you know, and all this and that. But really, when you look at that, we got to start talking about Green Bay and saying how really impressive of a win is that at the end of the day? Not probably what it would have been two seasons ago had they done that. So I, I think you start doing all those kind of conversations. And I will say this, I circled this game the week before on the look ahead line. So I already have a bet in on Baltimore because I thought Baltimore was going to wax this team. Um, I've backed off for that stance for, for today because there's a lot of sharp money. It sounds like that's coming in on the giants here. And yeah. obviously when you start to see that happen, you start saying, okay, you know, maybe I jumped the gun on this, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to stick to my guns, which was seven days ago and saying Baltimore kind of to tasty's point here. They're a better team. This is going to expose the giants a little bit. And I think he meant he nailed it. Anything under a touchdown here, I'm all over Baltimore. So even though I don't feel nearly as good about this as I did seven days ago, I'm still going to roll with it. I think Baltimore is able to get this done. If they can even remotely contain Saquon Barkley, I don't think Daniel Jones, I don't think they're going to throw the ball well. And I think Lamar's the type of quarterback, you know, we're seeing in these games where, and I'm not suggesting that Lamar Jackson isn't clutch. But he has a little bit of that Kirk Cousins in him at times where yeah, you know, if it's no, a Sunday sure. one o'clock game that nobody's paying attention to, all of a sudden you see him on the highlights with five touchdowns yeah. and you know he's playing really what it, I think is an inferior team. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go Baltimore here, you know, less than a touchdown. I think they're the play. I, I'm not going to add to what my initial wager was just because of that sharp money coming in on the Giants. But I like Baltimore in the spot, though. I like it. And as you said, that FanDuel here at 8.34 p.m. Eastern just moved from five and a half to six just right now. And so I guess they heard Yanni talking somehow. There's some like the sharp outside my window just listening to us. They, they, apparent, <laughs> they apparently valued my uh, my breakdown over all of the sharp money in Las Vegas. So <laughs> just I all the you. sharp money thrown out the window. It has been moving to six across the board. So I think that there's money coming in saying, Okay, this Giants team, to what Yanni said, is a great point. If they can not even shut down Saquon, but just limit him, the Giants are going to struggle to get to 13 points. And all of a sudden, you have Lamar, also a great point. Keep it in mind, it's a 1 o'clock time slot. I think the weather looks pretty good. 24-13 Ravens final. Let's keep that Lamar piece in mind, though, for future primetime games. It's something that I think I've – I've might've thought about, but haven't outwardly said that there's certain quarterbacks that, you know, you get overblown, like with Kirk cousins and, Oh, well, like he sucks. In prime get time. Over, who's <laughs> getting overblown by Kirk cousins <laughs> over here, but there's certain players. It's like, well, they're MVP players and JJ yeah. sometimes they just don't perform in prime time or perform to the extent that they do when they're, you know, not as yeah. many eyes are on them at one o'clock in the afternoon. It's it's only really profound when it is somebody like Kirk Cousins because he's had you know his fair share of. And it's just of easy to make games. fun of, yeah. Kind yeah. of, I don't know. I, he's all right, guy. He seems tasty. like a nice guy, right? He seems like a, a good dude. Have you met Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Tasty? 
No, I have not. I have met a lot of white people, but not Kirk Cousins. (laughs) (laughs) You met a lot of white people in your life. Yeah, 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 that's that's pretty interesting. That that's (laughs) pretty speechless. Even even ones from Minnesota. I've even met a lot of them. Turns out there's a lot of white people in Minnesota. (laughs) Not Kirk Cousins. Not Kirk Cousins. Maybe at some point you'll meet Kirk Cousins. Maybe you'll go to a Vikings and Cowboys game and meet Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'd love what it. What is the Yanni? Did you look into this? What is the team total for Baltimore? <laughs> I did look. I sorry to was... distract you from Kirk Cousins. No, that's okay. Let me see if I can pull it up. I oh, please distract you. <laughs> anyway. I want to say it was 24 and a half, but I could be wrong on that. Let me mm-hmm. let me. 24 and a half would check out because you have a spread of 44 and a half, 24 and a half. It might be, it might be in the 26 range. If you think about it, 26, 20. Yeah. I mean, I like Baltimore yeah. here. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm a little skittish. I think six is about right. So I don't know if I'm really in love with that, but I, you know, just looking at some of these numbers, I think, especially coming off of the Cincinnati game, Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati just based on some of this, what I'm looking at and the eye test to a degree. I mean, they held tough. They held tough in that game. They felt they have a good defense. So that there is something there to be said about Baltimore, you know, struggling to, to a degree offensively. And, you know, Harbaugh was a little conservative. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with uh, Yanni here on this, but I'm not sure I want to lay the six. I like it. What I don't like right now is that on Fandle, team totals aren't up. Sometimes I see that they're up. I'm not even going to search DraftKings. Listeners, search it. If it's at 24, 24 and a half, we like it. Don't get carried away if it's 26, 26 and a half. Because if the Giants hang in there and somehow limit Lamar and it's 24, 20, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, that sucks. Um, any There's one man in the league you cannot count out, and that's – Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones, he might end the season with 10 touchdown passes and 10 wins, one touchdown pass per win. Currently he has four wins and three touchdown passes. So before we lose more listeners to talking about Daniel Jones, I think we'll move on to a fireworks type of game, which we're going to talk about bills. Chiefs, Bills chiefs should probably be in prime time. Like, I mean, I know that we got Broncos chargers and, you get shafted with these Monday night football games, Eagles, Cowboys. I mean, I love that game because it's an Eagles game, but Chiefs and Bills, I mean, that was maybe the best, the best playoff game of all time last January. So I don't know, but we'll have it in that uh, 425 time slots. And we have currently the Bills favored by two and a half, ticking up to three at about half of the notable books right here, over under a 54. Yanni, we'll start with you. This seems to be ticking up in terms of the Bills taking some money right here. Is it a matter of the Bills, you know, might have one of the best offenses of the past 10 years? Is it a matter of the Chiefs kind of, you know, struggled against the Raiders? They were down early. You can't do that against the Bills, go down early. Struggled against the Colts, lost that game. And it's just the market saying that the Bills are just a little bit on, well, not a little bit, it's at Chiefs. So on a cusp above the Chiefs, because that's basically saying on a neutral, Yanni, Bills by four and a half or so to five. I guess it, I it guess. is a little bit. Well, it is a little bit confusing. I I figured this would probably be Bills minus one. Same. Um, I think it opened minus two. So, I mean, we you know, we're not far off there. And to me, again, three being the key number, whether it's two, two and a half. I mean, yes, you'd like to have your CLV and get that in. But as long as you're under three, I think you're fine there. I I think this comes down to a couple of things. First of all, I do think that laying the points is the right right play here for a couple of reasons. Um, The Bills are under Sean McDermott, 2-0 in Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes. So they've proven they can go in there and win. Um, they, They went in there last year and beat them up pretty good, actually. Um, and then, of course, in the playoff game, they they should have won and, and gave that away at the end there. So, you know, you, you have a little bit of history. I think that this number probably has a little bit of one week bias there. And people saw the Bills dismantle that Steelers team. And then to your point, the, the Chiefs kind of let the Raiders, you know, get off to a big lead and, and almost lost that game. So I think, you know, you might say that and say, oh, the Bills are vastly superior to the Chiefs. I don't think that there is a huge difference between the two teams. 
But there's a couple things that I look at in this that, that lead me to believe that, that laying the points is the right approach here. I mentioned the recency with the Bills against the Chiefs and Arrowhead. That's one. But I think it's a, it's a similar matchup for the Chiefs in what they saw against Tampa in the Super Bowl when they got destroyed. Now, I'm not suggesting they get destroyed in this game. Not, not, not at all. But the Bills are now a team that can really generate pressure with their front four. And when you can sit back and you don't have to blitz Mahomes and you can rattle him a little bit, that tends to be, you know, when he looks human. So I think we're going to see that. The other thing that I'm, I'm seeing out there is the Bills have played really well against opposing tight ends the way they've schemed this year. So it's kind of like you take Travis Kelsey out of the mix and is Juju Smith-Schuster scaring you? Is, you oh. know, Marcus Valdez-Scantling scaring you? Probably not, even though they have some young and experienced players still in their secondary. But the other thing we have to look at here is this Bills team is as healthy as they've been since week one. They should have everybody basically available to them with the exception of Micah Hyde, who's out for the season. So I think that, you know, you look at that and say their full complement and rotation is going to be there. You look at that history, and I do think they are a slight tick ahead above Kansas City. And the last thing I'll say is, I think this game means a lot more to the Bills. This to them is more of a Super Bowl than it is the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs, huge game for them, obviously. But I think for the Bills, this is that kind of revenge spot where they've circled it. They've been looking at it. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at everything this week. And the last thing I'll point out, the Chiefs have a short week. And, you know, they played a battle down to the wire there. The Bills basically had a preseason game against the Steelers where they were resting starters in the fourth <laughs> quarter. So you kind of look at that, too, and say there, there might be a little bit of a tick there of an advantage as well. So I think laying the points is the play. Would I be surprised if Kansas City won? No, they're a great team. They're at home. They could easily win this game if they can get a couple turnovers or, you know, make a couple stops, whatever. But I do think the Bills get it done here. I think that this is a game that they win. And in typical Bills fashion, I would not be surprised if this ends up kind of like last year's primetime Bills Chiefs game, where they ended up winning by, I think it was 13 points, maybe. Um, I, I think that they actually, they may not win by a field goal. They may win by 10 points in this game if they get it done. So I, I think you, at least for me, I'm very comfortable laying the points here. That's typically what the Bills do is what, 20 wins in a row by 10 plus points until they pulled off the three point, was it three points against the Ravens, right? And then they follow that up with like a 35 point victory, I think last weekend against the Steelers. No, it's a good spot here for the Bills tasty in terms of, they're the healthiest they've been in about a month and a week since week one, because it's week six. Now you have Kansas city coming off of a hard fall win. it's not like that they could just, you know, rest guys in the second half, very short week. And you come in here with the chiefs having won that game last year, the bills know that that super bowl was theirs until all that went down. It's like, Jesus Christ. Then the chiefs went in and lost against the Bengals the next week. And here we go, week six, both teams top in the league in third down conversion percentage. Bills number one, Chiefs number two. Could be a high-scoring affair. How are you handicapping it, and did you bet it? I haven't bet it yet, but I need to go do it. I think. Now that we heard Yanni uh, talk. and Yeah, now know. that I heard you. So I, I don't have tons to add to what Yanni said, but a couple yeah. things that I would just reiterate. When the Bills are healthy, they are filthy on both sides of the ball. And if you look at the offensive weapons, obviously Patrick Mahomes is great and Kelsey is good. But what Yanni said about the other people on the Chiefs that just don't scare you, I totally agree. And I don't think that you can say the same about the Bills. Also, Mahomes will run to get first downs, but Josh Allen runs in ways that change change games. And so I like him better as a mobile quarterback, even though obviously these are both great, great quarterbacks. Nobody's crapping on anyone there. Um, and then just defensively, the Bills defense, I think, is fairly significantly better than the Chiefs. And that's where I would say the biggest advantage is in this game is the Bills defense over the Chiefs defense. One of the things I was looking through is just looking through, you know, a lot of different metrics. And the reality is, while these are both great teams and a lot of things are close, the Bills are just better everywhere. I mean, Kansas City is allowing 25 points a game, the Bills allowing 12.2. And obviously, you got to dive in and see exactly who they played and all that stuff. But um, 
Kansas City allows 4.1 rush yards per rush. Buffalo allows 3.5. I mean, I won't go through everyone, but if you want to go look up stats, just it's almost every single statistical category. The Bills are just better. Um, and I think now that they're healthy, they are a better team. And I agree. I think that they I think they probably win this game by 10 plus. That doesn't mean that it won't be a scrap if these teams meet up in the playoffs again. I don't mean that they've got Kansas City outclassed by so far. I just think this spot at this point, I think the Bills win this. And and I wouldn't say they necessarily blow them out early. I think it's more like, hey, they put up a couple scores late to kind of pull away. I like it. I like it. And you're going to make me take a look at some alt spreads at like a five. I'm on it, man. Minus six. nine is 242 at, at DraftKings. Minus nine, 242. Why not? I'm yeah. going to lay the two and a half. DraftKings right now juice. appears to have the best alt lines between Bovada, DraftKings, very good bookmaker, etc. Very cetera. good. So it so. seems like we're all aligned that Bill's here. And Tacey, great points. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of talk about their offense being high flying, but they've done some damage defensively. They held Miami yes. in check. They held Baltimore and, in check. I mean, they have forced 11 turnovers, JJ. That's tops in the yeah, league. And for, for whatever it's worth, my hacked BS, you know, numbers over here and all that hardly really devalues that defensive, you know, performance, that defensive level. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, um, you know, it has been legit. Now, granted, they go against you know, an offense that clearly can do a lot of damage, but I'm, I'm, I guess I put a lot of faith in that defense, even if it is, you know, wounded or whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm looking the outline. How about 33, 21 bills? Perfect yeah. score. Perfect. I, score. I would be happy with that. One other thing to look at here when they come out, I don't think it's out yet, <clears throat> but you can look at, it. it'll probably be set high. Um, Josh Allen rush yards in this game when he wants it, he runs and he runs a lot when he knows that he needs it. And you go back to their games last year, they started both games. He was kind of throwing it, but when they needed it, he started running and he started running a lot. And I think we're going to see that here. They want this game. He wants this game. I think he's going to have a lot of carries in this game. I think he's going to get a lot of rushing yards in this game. So even though that number will probably be set fairly high, kind of goes, it's kind of that old Jalen Hurts thing from last year with, hey, even though they're setting it at 48 and a half, taking right. it over anyways. And, and I think that's what we're going to have with Allen in this game. I think he's going to tuck and run. I think they're going to have design runs in this game. Um, so that's something to look at too when that line comes out. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing it until it loses, right? I mean, there's no reason not to. I'll take it. DraftKings sometimes hangs some of these player props on Wednesday nights. They're, they're a little bit slower this week. There could be some games. A lot of it has to do with injuries and everything of that nature. Like at times they'll hang, you know, like a line on Saquon, you know, um, if it's the Giants. But on these teams that they know that is going to have a lot of exposure and people are going to be looking at the lines right away, they kind of just tread carefully. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people taking overs and player props and everything on this game. I think that we have dwindled it down. You guys have actually. And I think that the best bets will be bills at the right price, cheapest price you can get two and a half. Don't pay a ton of juice. It's going to three. Okay, great. But then if you want to get a little bit fancy, you can do that alt spread also. Cause JJ, you said it was what plus plus two forty two. just, just a sprinkle. Oh, sprinkle what, you minus just said, and a half. what you just said, my wife is out of town right now. She's back with her parents for through the weekend. Yeah. I could just hear her saying, JJ, don't go getting fancy with the bets. You know, <laughs> that's what she I knows when I get stupid. But here I am. Also. I'm yeah. in on the minus nine. I'm looking at the minus five and the four. So here I am. I'll be looking at it also, but sometimes you got to listen to the significant others because mine says parlays don't pay. Yep. And that's that's pretty spot on. It's like at I times agree. a parlay will, yeah. But and don't get too fancy. With Give me it. the minus nine. Yeah. Just don't get too fancy with it and parlays don't pay. But if you want to put some lunch money on a money line parlay of the Bills and the Ravens, I'm not going to hold you back. <laughs> <laughs> but if it doesn't pay, you heard it here first. Yeah. Um, told you okay. not to. Right. Told you not to. If it loses, I told you not to. If it wins, then I told you that it was a profitable win and a good angle. Let's do one more game, and then we'll wrap it up, and I'll watch my Phillies and Braves in game two. It's 0-0 in the fifth. I think this – 
game might be like a two hour game because mm. the pitchers are dealing, but let's do one more game here in terms of deep dive Cowboys and Eagles. This game, I actually went on to Tasty's show and plug for Tasty's show that he has everybody on talking about their best three bets of the week. I came in and I was taking a look at the spread last night. It was Cowboys at five and a half as a five and a half point dog over under at 42. We're sitting right now at six. This is actually getting pushed to six and a half minus 105 at DraftKings, six and a half at minus 107, their standard juice at points bet. So it's going against what I said, Tasty, it's going against uh, me saying that the Cowboys, you know, we're getting too many points here. Dak rolled out. The market's really coming in on Philly. I doubt that we ever see a seven, but six and a half is not something that I expected. Tasty, I now feel like a fool for fading my Eagles. I think the Eagles win this game, but I think it's going to be in that like 24, 21, 23, 20 range. Market telling me otherwise right now, Tasty. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this will be a good game. Um, I, Micah Parsons being out, I think, is big. I mean, Dallas has relied – or I'm sorry, he's not out. He's questionable. So even if he plays, you wonder how effective he'll be. Although sometimes I'm amazed by guys who are questionable all week and come in and still play well. Um, but I think that it's going to be a big deal because they've relied on their pass rush so much. Obviously, J- Jalen Hurts has good escapability. Um, and so maybe he's a, even able to get out and run if um, if they do get that pass rush going. The Cowboys have struggled most against the run. The The Eagles have done well running the ball so far this year. So I do think the Eagles can exploit some of what the Cowboys aren't good at. I Getting to six and a half feels like a lot to me. The reality is that Cooper Rush is not amazing, but he's played well and they've won every game that he's started. And so I think that there continues to be some devaluing of Cooper Rush here, especially as we get up towards seven. I I think that this game is a dogfight between these two teams. And I'm with you. I think Philadelphia wins. I do think they're the better team. I mean, I think certainly um, in the trenches, even though Dallas's defensive line is good and their offensive line has played better than expected, I still like Philadelphia there. Um, But, and secondary too, uh, I prefer the Eagles. But I'm going to stay away from this one in terms of betting because I I feel like it probably is, you know, three to seven point game. And I think that Philadelphia pulls it out, but I'm not confident either way on this one. I hear you. I hear you. And I think that two lines that I liked early in the week, and maybe I need to just, you know, cool it off here. I have the least amount of bets that I have so far for midweek here in week since six, since <laughs> here in week six, since week one. But um, it's just, I, I don't have a good feel for what I think is going to happen. And I bet on the saints and the Bengals on the over that went against me. I bet on the Cowboys plus five and a half. I thought that was going to go for me. And there were some four and a half section on Tuesday evening. That DAC news, I guess, Yanni, pushing us even more points. I thought that I was getting a couple free points because I said, okay, if you have this, if you have these two teams on a neutral, I have the Eagles at about three or no. Sorry, completely losing my train of thought here. <laughs> um, if I put these teams on a neutral, I have the Eagles as like a point and a half to two points over Dallas. And now you put this in Philly, it's like, okay, if I give them two points for home field, I thought this would be like four, four and a half, five at the max is getting pushed more and more. And Yanni, all of a sudden we're six and a half. Do you think we'll see seven? <laughs> you know, you never know. I, I would say no, but like you, I thought this line would have moved in the other direction. I thought that there would have been enough sentiment on Dallas to push that number like you were thinking. So I'm a little surprised that it went that way. Um, and I'm disappointed. And, and the reason being is I wanted to bet the Eagles in this spot. Um, yeah. And now, you know, that CLV's kind of gone there. So I'm not sure that I will at this point. I mean, I still think that that number could go back the other way or who knows. Again, I'm, I'm surprised it could go to seven at this point. Who knows? Um, I, I just I look at it this way here. I do think that Cooper Rush has played very well. But when you really start digging in you look at Dallas and you say, okay, why is Dallas good? Okay. They've got a, a strong pass rush. Well, there's a couple things here. Number one, Demarcus Lawrence, a little banged up going into this game. So we'll see how that plays out, but you start looking 
they tore up a Los Angeles Rams def- uh, um, offensive line that's not very good. They tore up a Bengals offensive line early that was not playing very good. Um, you, you know, you start really digging in and saying, are they really that good? Or maybe did they have some really favorable matchups early on? They're not going to have that much success with the Eagles offensive line. I think that the Eagles can hold up against that pass rush. And to Tasty's point, Hertz obviously gives them the scrambling ability, even if they do get some pressure on him. Um, they also with the exception of the Bengals, they haven't really faced a multitude of offensive weapons. So I think, you know, they, the back end, they could struggle with that again. And then on the other side, you know, that's where I think it gets really interesting because you start looking at at those matchups, but here's what I see. I see guys like Darius Slay, who by the way, didn't have a great game last week, but I think I see guys like Darius Slay and Bradbury and that secondary of the Eagles. I see them really putting the clamps on Dallas's offense here I'll be honest, this game to me seems a lot more like the Eagles and Vikings primetime game Mm -hmm. than it does anything else. I see the Eagles kind of overwhelming Dallas in this spot. And again, I feel like I lost the value. So if if the numbers are now sitting at six and a half, that may be too many points to take a shot with it here. If it gets back down and I realize that five and a half is kind of a dead number, but, you know, if it does go back down or even if it doesn't, to me, I'm considering the Eagles because I do think they outclass them here. I like the matchup here more than anything. I just think this is one of those games where they overwhelm them in the trenches here, even though Dallas has played very well in the trenches, surprisingly to me. I think the Eagles get it done here. I think they win this game kind of in the fashion that they did against the Vikings in prime time. I think it's just kind of a, a an onslaught here, in my opinion. Very interesting. Love to hear it. It could be like, what was that score against the Vikings? It was like 31-10 or just like an onslaught, right? It, we we could see that. I, I originally thought that this would be a closer game, but I think you laid it out nicely there. Cooper Rush, he doesn't have any picks on the air. He hasn't turned the ball over, I don't think, so far. Could we see that with that aggressive Eagles pass rush? potentially slay correct did not have a great game last week he was hurt i was actually a little bit shocked that they had him back and played he left that jags game after i think he only had three plays so he came back i mean i want to see what the eagles do in the second half they're only averaging 5.8 points per second half now the flip side of that is that they haven't needed to score in the second half and jj you have a team that's putting up like 20 24 points in the first half blowing teams out early kind of sitting on that lead i'm going to be interested to see what happens here if they had dak we wouldn't see a five and a half we wouldn't see a six and a half we'd probably see a four i'll be happy to be on the wrong side of the market here did you do anything with this game or are you just kind of thinking that why why and agree with yanni why bother and just why why, no why why bother with the side when you could play the under instead you could play the under 42 and a half. That's something that we haven't really is talked that, about yeah. yet, right? 42 and a half is okay, I guess. I have, I'm have. i not voting with 43 and a half because I also lost a couple points on a couple other ones. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I, I think these are sub 40s, you know, when these, okay. two t- these two teams, the way their styles get together. Could be wrong, but I like that better than the uh, side. At, at yeah, the yeah. price of six. Well, and, and we've seen the statistics this season with both primetime games and divisional games. I mean, it's, what is it, hitting 72% to yeah. the under on yeah, those? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's outrageous. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, statistics are saying these primetime games and these divisional games are being low-scored tied games. So, I can certainly buy into that as well. We could certainly see that, like a 21-17 type final. We know that the pass rush on both sides is pretty legit. Hurts, I'm sure, will scramble. Hurts rush yards might be another spot that we play it again, guys. And it might be a a large number, Yanni, but Hurts is going to be in prime time. He knows he's got to scramble around. I don't know how high that the line was last week. Didn't bet it, but are we going to see like high 50s, 60-ish on the rush yard probably? I, I would guess high forties. I mean, that's okay. where he's sitting. So, I mean, you could definitely roll the dice with that. I, I think you guys know my philosophy quarterbacks in prime time, rush yards, rush yards, rush yards. They do not want to throw a pick on prime time. They'll, they'll tuck it and run. That's it. That's it. Tuck Except, it for Russ. <laughs> Except for Russ. That's actually a really good point. He's going to throw into whatever coverage he wants to right now. And maybe we'll talk about the Broncos again. That that probably needs to be like a whole 15-minute segment of just like a WTF on Russ and just being like, 
What are you he doing? Because yeah, like he sorry, he, he was automatic, automatic like Hertz was, you know, five five years ago. Yeah. He was Hertz rushing. And now he's just thrown into coverage. He's making the corniest ass commercials. It's just it's pretty damn ugly right now. So then maybe we'll do that next week. We we didn't talk about that game. I didn't do anything with it, but there is zero respect in the market now for the Broncos. I think I saw five and a half, six for the Chargers, right? Five and a half, six. Correct me if I'm wrong because I clicked off the screen, but zero respect <laughs> for the Broncos. And you know that the Chargers really don't usually have a good home field advantage, but they're like the Broncos. Until you guys can score more than 13 points, we're not going to give you any love. So well, it's come down from six. So yeah, somebody's liking Denver. You, you can actually get minus four and a half right now on, on the Chargers. Hmm. I might need to do that <laughs> until the Broncos show me that they can put up more than 16 points. And maybe this will be the week where they all put it See, together, but that's, and, I and I don't want to digress too much, but no, that's, no. this is kind of like what we saw with, with the uh, Monday night game in Kansas city in in Vegas, like the AFC West teams. I don't, I mean, I know, you know, we grew up, I grew up in Ohio and all that. You got the Bengals and the Browns and the Steelers, and they all hated each other. But, like, the AFC West West fan bases and teams, like, really hate each other. And so, like, it's a different animal with these games. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not calling any type of handicapping edge. I think it just makes it really difficult, in my eyes, especially in a prime time, to truly count out, um, you know, Denver. I mean, the, the coaching, it's like a Zach Taylor thing, too. Like, okay, yeah, maybe I should have counted them out because the, the coach is going to single-handedly derail whatever you need them to do. But other than that, I mean, this, I don't know. I'm, you know, prepare to be surprised. Six probably was too much. But at yeah. the same time, to paraphrase Yanni, the Chargers could blow them out by 20 points, too. To me, that's what this game is, is, is what do you get with the Chargers? I think the Chargers should blow them out by 20. Right. But we've seen the Chargers, they that you just don't know week to week what you're getting with that team. And then you factor in what JJ said with kind of this division, you know, rivalry type thing. I don't know. I mean, I when you really look, there's no reason the Chargers should not win this game by double digits, even though they have not played well defensively, they've had their own issues. I look at it, it shouldn't be close in my opinion, but I don't know that I have the confidence level in this Chargers team. I think we talked about it a week ago. I mean, to me, they're just so volatile that you just don't know week to week what you're getting. There's almost no way to handicap them. So unless you're playing some kind of CLB here, I don't even see how you can bet them. And even with that, I don't see how you can bet them at this point. And can you trust them to truly, if if the offense sputters, if the offense suffers from, you know, weird decision-making, do you trust the defense enough, even against a team like Denver? Right. And it all comes full circle to what we talked about in the very top of the show is there's teams that we don't trust, like teams that we certainly trust, teams that we trust in certain spots, teams that we're, we're like, eh. and then there's teams that we just flat out don't trust. The Broncos are 100% in that category. The Chargers, do they have an opportunity to move out of that category? Perhaps I wanted to see them, you know, put that game away against the Browns. They didn't do that. It was kind of back and forth. Maybe we'll get something here, but something tells me in these Western matchups, sometimes you just got to take the points at six points, probably take the points, but at four and a half to Yanni's point, it's like the chargers have all the talent that they should be able to, to cover 10 points and to cover an alt spread. But let's just see what's going on with this game on Monday night football. I'm not going to bet it unless I really want to have something on a Monday evening. So Anything I missed high level, anything that you guys want to add in before we wrap this up and I go downstairs and watch the Phillies. Anything tasty. You had a podcast come out today, more best bets at NBA attack. I came out with uh, the Cowboys among other picks on that show. I'm hoping the Cowboys lose. Wow. I don't need to go three and zero every week. But I took the Cowboys at plus five and a half. No, I went two and one last week. I'm not even that good. Um, did have a nice streak. I think I've hit like eight of nine on that show, which is good. Things regress. The Cowboys plus five and a half. I'll gladly take a loss. So you've got that happening. You've got some NBA content coming out soon, right? Yeah, probably get going right around the beginning of the regular season. Um, I've been looking into it more, but it's going to be a balancing act while the NFL season is going on to try to do meaningful stuff with the NBA and stay on top of NFL. So 
probably just uh one or two things a week until uh until until nfl winds down it's certainly a give and take because you got a lot of sports a lot of gambling and then life takes over sometimes too it's like well i remember, wish i could just remember no days those pills or whatever <laughs> yes. oh yeah stock up. jolt just some stock jolt. up on that some jolt some uh some surge do you guys remember surge that yeah. uh yeah, yeah. like it was like a mountain dew type drink Yanni, don't need to drink any surge, but you got plenty of surging articles. If that's a segue there, play on words at Bet Crushers. DFS going pretty well so far. I've had some guys get hurt like at 108 p.m. each week. So that's not great, but you always have great DFS plays. I appreciate that. You know, it's it's been DFS if you're doing the single entry, everything has to fall into place. And, and what I've had at least the last couple of weeks is Almost everything has fallen into place, but like you said, an, an injury here or last week, and this was my miss, I centered my rosters around James Robinson, the guy laid an egg. So, you know, those are the things that unfortunately keep you from cashing. But if it were that easy to cash all the time, people would just cash all the time. So it's part of the deal there. But no, it's uh, it's been overall, I think, a pretty good, uh, pretty good run. So we're going to keep going and, and hopefully keep growing that. It's all about the long game. It's all about that. And the player props will heat up and the teasers will heat up as well. JJ teasers. I think that we'll, we'll pick some off. Didn't really talk about teaser angles this week. I'm sure we'll talk about it on either live streams or post some teaser angles, but I think that we'll get right finally there and plenty of stuff. JJ, we still got some NASCAR, right? I've seen plenty of NASCAR. Yes. I don't know. I think I'm boycotting (laughs) this week. There's a lot of shenanigans going on right now. Really? Okay. Uh, okay. Shenanigans. Too much to explain. It Just take it last, easy. Yeah, I can week. probably take you another twenty minutes to explain. I'm sure you'll write about it or talk about it in the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, if there's too many shenanigans, take a load off and watch some playoff baseball. I'm not the only one that thinks that either. Yeah. Shenanigans galore. Hopefully, no shenanigans here, guys. Appreciate it. Let's get some W's this week.